Hey guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. We have a fun episode for you today. Jake has been gone. I have been, yeah. You, you went on vacation for like a month. No, it What's was... What's the day today? Today is the 29th. I have not seen you since March. <laughs> You're right. So I, from my oh, perspective... It's been a month. Because yeah. my perspective is the only one that really matters. Is, oh, is from my we, perspective... We know that and all you, our listeners you've, you've clearly know that. So I have a question for you. Okay. It's <laughs> just like out of nowhere. Yeah, just as I, I was listening tell. to the intro music. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> um, I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay, why don't what, you know? Why what don't movie was it where the guy goes, all I know is if there's nothing out there, it'd be a whole lot of wasted space. I don't know, but that's true. I think that true. was contact. That's true. That's true. It would be a lot of wasted space full of just matter. But right. Do, so you don't have a definitive yes, I believe okay, in number. No, I don't. Yes, I think there's probably something else out there. I don't think they visited us. What do you, what do you think it is? The something. There has to be like some sort of. I bet it. I bet just the way that nature works in evolution. Yes. I bet they're very close to human. That is my point. That's exactly what I was going to get as. Like we always think of like aliens and, as. And being here's like, the other thing. So like, on the grand scale. All right, let's get into this. And on the grand <laughs> scale of time of when the universe has existed, time doesn't exist. First of all, okay. But when we look at that as a measurement, a dimension. Yep. We are just a blip on like the cosmic timeline, right. right? Human existence. Yep. So I think maybe aliens or other species have existed, but we haven't interacted, seen, et cetera, because obviously there's so much space between us. You talk light years away. Yep. There's no way we could even send a signal across the other side of the universe. We have sent signals and the odds are we'll be extinct by the time the That's aliens show up. That's what I was going to get yeah. to is I think the blip of humanity, maybe there's other alien species, but they burnt themselves out, killed themselves off. Yeah, the they're, they're going to get like a, they're going to get some sort of recording of like Kenny Rogers, the gambler. And it's, it's going to like, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to receive that as yeah. like, and, and be like, oh, someone's out there. And then they send it and we'll be extinct by Yeah, then. we'll just be bones and dust and pyramids. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then a meteor will come and destroy all evidence of us ever having existed. How long do you think it would take we are so uneducated, but how long do you... Th I, I love how you jump into this with no preface, Sorry, out of the blue. I, I've been trying to get an astrophysicist, an astrobiologist on the podcast. It, it's Is that been a difficult. thing, an astrobiologist? Yeah, yep, yep. That's yes. cool. Yeah, I would like to have someone on. If anybody knows anybody, let me know. You know, I've been trying. I, I reached out to U of M because I wanted to have somebody here in person. Yeah, local. In fact, we don't have anybody that can talk about that. I'm like, you, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I have no idea what's going on there. Um, What was I saying? What what did I just ask you? No clue. No clue. Aliens. Here's what I think is what you were going to say. Here's what I think. <laughs> I lost it. It's gone. You clearly don't think it that. It's gone. Yeah. You, okay. It, it's absolutely gone. The issue oh, is. You were, you were talking about uh, something about fast enough or I think you were going into light speed. Or like wormholes or something. I lost it. Let's go. Let's forget about it. We'll, we'll try All and get right. a we'll try and get an astrophysicist on the podcast <laughs> to, to talk about that stuff because I think it's really really interesting, you know, to imagine our lives being this little tiny little sliver, and right. what would the other organisms look like? Would they, you know, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has talked about how humans are uninteresting. Okay. And this was, you know, Joe Rogan had an astrophysicist on his podcast the other day, and I listened to that as well. And I'm like, damn it, he beat me to it. <laughs> but he's talking about how Neil deGrasse Tyson says they would think humans are uninteresting. So they Why? probably wouldn't even visit us, which I, I think is bullshit. Because right. I think in the natural evolution of, 
we all have the same building blocks, right? There's only in so many elements. Theory. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In I the see universe, what you're there's only there. certain elements. So, like you but were saying, they have found that there are organisms they think that can be like a methane based, or or I forget what it is. You know, every but all life on Earth is carbon based. Yep. They figured there is some other way they could be, like, some other element based somehow. Right. Yeah, I guess that's possible. But I still think it would follow like this. I, I agree. This more evolutionary structure, path. like yes. evolutionary path. And one thing that, you know, we are, that kind of gives us, if there's a difference between me and like uh, like a bug or a rat or something like that, is we have like this curiosity and this ability to reason. Right. And this ability to plan for the future and all these different things. And that type of evolutionary thing is what keeps us alive too. that part, part of humanity. Right. I wonder if like that is like a core thing, like the curiosity and the planning well, yeah, for the future. I, I think that's so other organisms evolution, no matter what these other organisms would be interested in us. Even if 100%. we are, even if we are completely, you know, Kardashev scale negative one, you know, and their Kardashev scale 5,000, they're still right. going to be interested in, in what we're doing. Because as we can tell, we haven't found life yet. So life is fleeting. Did so you find you life mean, in Florida? I did. I found lots of life in Florida. Before we go there, though, um, I was going to say you mentioned like, oh, like bugs are also interested or whatever. Yeah. It's also interesting to think about all life that we know of, I believe, well, all animals for sure are still DNA based. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, anything think, alive, as far as we know, like trees plant, and yeah. plants. Plants yeah, have DNA. Cell, yeah. Cell, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, you talk about, oh, well, how different could aliens be? I, it's something I like the difference in DNA structure of us and, like, a, a whale or something. It's like one thing. Is, like, only, like, 3% different yeah. or something yeah. like that. So, it, sure. it is very strange to think about. And you think of, like, it makes you think, like, I'm a fairly agnostic person. Okay. And I don't really claim to know what's going on, right? You look at, like, something like uh, like the Bible and Christianity or right. Islam and, and the Quran and stuff like that. They try to, like, organize and structure yes. the unknown into an understandable being, right? Because yes. we have to, like, the, hu the, the natural process of the human mind is to take something we don't understand, which is, like, infinity and everything else, and try and compartmentalize it into something we can understand, which is, which is God, right? Right. But if, at the same time... I don't necessarily know if that's true or not. It's not the debate. The debate is, is that if you look at the way that things are structured and the rules and the fact that we're 3% different than a beluga whale, it makes you think that there's some sort of structure which makes you go, okay, is there a God? Is there a creator? Do we live in the matrix? All these different things that right. have rules that we abide by. What are you Googling right now? I, this was reminding me. So Nikki and I, it's rare that we like the same book style. Mm-hmm. And we listened to, because we were on this huge road trip that I'll talk about, we listened to, I think, like three different books all in a series. And right. we've listened to, this author has a ton of them. I'm trying to figure out who the hell it is. But he, we've listened to all these different books. And the guy's name is Dane Maddock. It's like, he's a ex-Navy SEAL. It's a fiction. But what I love about it is he takes, like, conspiracy theories that are out there. Yep. And he'll write a whole fiction book about it. And, like, how, like, oh, well, the guy is very, like you know, level-headed, he's a skeptic about everything, but somehow they, like, find something. Right. There's some truth to it. And he, like, pulls the string. Yep, and so there was a whole thing. This latest book was about, like, the origin of religions and how it ended up that it was actually, like, it was aliens that had visited us. And they got into, like, they always get into these weird things where, like, oh, that, like, you have to Google it afterward, and you're like, oh, that is real. Right. I, I think of this stuff as being impossible, right? If you think everybody's like, oh, yeah, the aliens built the pyramids because it is impossible for human beings to do it. Where's Atlantis? All these other things, these right. conspiracy theories. And you go, 
Maybe. <laughs> I know. You know, maybe we should have somebody. We should have a conspiracy theory expert on the podcast. Oh, man. And we can we can have them try to convince us of, and we can, maybe we'll try and fight back a little bit and we'll have like well, a. Yeah. All right. Our SR seventy one expert was a little. He was. He was getting there. He was getting there. That was fun. That I was really, fun. I really, really. I agree. Enjoyed. We should have some. I enjoyed like that. that. So, what car did you? What vehicle did you drive? So Gondo? we. Yeah. So, um, I'll start at the beginning. So, my in laws have a timeshare down in Florida on Sanibel Island, which is isn't a timeshare like a scam. No, people don't like timeshares because they're like. You're right. It's not technically a timeshare i tried to have this conversation with her dad and i didn't really understand the difference all i see is commercials of how to get out of your right exactly yeah so i guess i don't understand the difference between a timeshare and what they have which is they own a few block weeks of this building that's 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 a timeshare right yeah Yeah. Uh, something about the legal structure of it i think was different okay slightly but anyways yeah so they have this nice place on the beach down on santa blay island in florida which is right off of fort myers on the gulf side and it was beautiful weather, and Nikki had a bunch of time off because she's switching jobs. Yep. And I have more time off than I ever know what to do with because I work for a company that's based out of the Europe. So yep. paternity rules are amazing. I have 16 weeks off yeah, in addition to all my vacation. Yeah, that's absurd. So anyways, we decided to go down there for a while. And we were like, well, we have a three-month-old now, so we're not going to fly. And there's, it came down to there's too much crap, Chris. That we what? have for this little kid. Oh, I told you that initially right away. I said, you are going to be inundated with all these things to make your baby. There are so many to, things. To fix your baby. And so we're like, all right, if we're going to be down there for two weeks, we can't fly with this stuff. I mean, I guess we could rent a pallet and like ship everything down there. Via Speaking of FedEx. which, you're the one that told me that you bought an artificially intelligent oh, yeah. like, no, rocker. A lot of people are going to know what this is. The snoo. It's great. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah. So it's a bassinet. That will detect, like, if your baby's crying or, like, moving or fussy. Like, it listens and also detects its movement. And then it will play different, um, like, white noise and will rock it in different ways. Isn't uh, And so they, they say that you get at least 50% more sleep out of, the, out of the baby in its infant years, which is amazing. I understand, but devil's advocate a little bit. Aren't Give you the sp- damn kid to sleep anyways. <laughs> aren't you... Sp- isn't that part of the... The rearing process is self-soothing. Is, so you're talking about self-soothing. No, I'm talking about you, like the, the the parents' connection with the child in terms of soothing the child, the voice, oh, the yeah. touch, the feeling, and all. Well, that there's other still stuff. plenty of that. Yeah, I'm just wondering: is this does it remove yeah. any of oh, that? Oh yeah, now this kid is going to be autistic because it's been a robot. Rearing. It's going to be a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Um, so, anyways, so we decided to road trip down there, and because we have all this time off, we're like, well, let's just take our time and we have this kids we imagine we're going to be stopping more than like you know if you or i were to road trip and just beeline it so we took the cayenne and we also took the ducati which we had on a rack on the rear because we wanted to have the motorcycle along so that while i'm on the island you know one of us could buzz around without taking the car or if we find some cool roads on the way down there we can take it off and buzz around which we did and so we drove we made it to st louis how do you get it onto the the rack. It has a little ramp, and also because the Cayenne is air ride, yep. I'm able to lower it like six inches, so the the angle of elevation, I can just push it up. It's that great. must help you big time. Oh, yeah, I need that, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was great, and we... The worst part of road tripping from Minnesota is getting out of the Midwest. Yes. Especially going, like, south or west. There's nothing good. Uh, yeah, pretty I much. I mean, 
once you get out of like the river valley, you know what I mean? The problem is, is that you take freeways most of the way because you want to ex- expedite yes. your trip. You're right. Anytime you take the back roads to anywhere, it'll be there's a lot of... It- more interesting you'll see things but there's not a lot of variety of like topography no but there's variety of human beings and there's different uh different signs different buildings different people different architecture because as as human beings move from the east to the west over a period of time the towns developed over a period of time right so they're different like from the east coast to the west coast as you travel across oh yeah yeah but like i find that very interesting like when i drive to the west coast i usually go through backwards Nebraska. But there's, you have to admit, there's not a lot of variety in Iowa. No. <laughs> no, it's, a lot, but it's, it's, if you drive back roads, Iowa, it's better than you think. It is. It yes, is. It I mean, can it can be. be hilly and, and, and it's pasture yeah, land. Like, uh, Southwest Iowa is hilly and kind of cool. And it, it's, I know it ends up taking, if you plug it, it's like an extra five to eight hours when you're driving across the country right. to not take the freeway. Yes. But it's it's just, it depends on yeah, your emotion. It could emotion. be a lot more than that, depending on your route. And how many stops you make because you see a bunch of awesome crap. Yes. And then you're pulling <laughs> over all the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, one thing I noticed, cities are all the same. How so? There's, I just. Run by a bunch of bureaucratic assholes. Well, let's not even get into that. It's just like after driving across country and seeing like small towns and farm fields and vistas and you get into a city, it's like people love People that live in cities love cities because, right. you know, there's a lot of people, activity, things to do, et cetera. But it's like after driving across country, you go in through a city and it's just like traffic, congestion, dirty, yep. a lot of poverty. It's just. Well, there's poverty in rural oh, areas big too. Time, but it's different. Why? Space. <laughs> I mean, that is really what it comes down to. Yeah, it's condensed. Yeah. Exactly. And there are, no, there's not any, there's certainly not more. Um, I was going to say there might be more opportunity in small town, but that's not true. That's no, that's not, not true. true at all. I would say that is the opposite of true. But what's, you don't see like homeless camps in small towns. No, because there's, <laughs> there's not a bunch of free soup ladles around and, and government programs to subsist the society. So and not what, enough people what do people that are homeless do that are in rural areas? They don't. They, okay. They migrate. Yeah. That's why there's so many of them. They migrate yeah. to California or Denver or Boise or Seattle, there was Portland. A, yeah. Nikki lived up in Duluth, Minnesota for a while, and I would go up there a lot. There was a lot of poverty in Duluth, which didn't make any sense to me. If you, are, you, are you kidding? What? You, don't, you don't know why Duluth and Superior are depressed? Well, yeah, because the industry. The industry but collapsed. But I'm saying if you're homeless. That was the Iron Range, and yes, now there's no was. more iron it's left. Terrible. But I'm saying you talk about like migrating if you're homeless and like finding better opportunity why wouldn't you go if you're gonna panhandle and you can are able to at least hop a bus wouldn't you go to a warmer climate you would think so and i think a lot of people do yeah yeah i think that would be this is a huge sidetrack by the way this episode is just gonna be us bandering yes yeah (laughs) if you haven't already let me me know when you want me to tell you about my grandpa car i we're gonna get there because you drove the new grandpa car to the studio but yeah so we beelined down to st louis st louis was meh i saw the arch it's a big arch. Yeah. It's it's big. Have it you seen sure it? Sure is. It's big. It sure is. Did you um, go in it? I wanted to, but it was closed it? for the day. Yeah. 
which was really close. frustrating. Um, and then we kind of made it down towards Kentucky, and then it, things started getting really interesting. Right. And so you know of the Bourbon Trail. I'm a big bourbon drinker. Mm-hmm. And so the Bourbon Trail is just basically a whole conglomerate of different distilleries. Or not a conglomerate, but it's, it's a bunch of distilleries, and they call it the Bourbon Trail because you can go and hop from distillery to just distillery. Just gets absolutely smashed. Right. Yeah, Nikki was driving that day. Yeah. Um, and so we... It, we didn't want to go super out of our way to the east, so we did. Did you find a bourbon that you really liked? Was there anything that really? I didn't, I didn't love the bourbons I tried. So we went to two different distilleries and spent a good amount of time there. But what was great is they were like small craft distilleries, which meant they were like basically family-run, small-town distilleries. Is bourbon corn? Bourbon has to be at least 51% corn. Okay, so that's yes. how it's different than scotch. Correct. Because it's 50% corn. Yes. Okay. Uh, and bourbon can only be made in America and it also has to be... See, I don't understand like that. Why, what is it with being made in America? Well, otherwise, it's just American whiskey or whiskey. There's also Kentucky Straight, which has to be made in Kentucky. But you could it's make... It's all, like, just... I don't know how it legally is enforced. Like, yes, I'm sure someone in the UK could be like, it's bourbon. Exactly, that's What's what I'm gonna saying. What's going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. It's just okay. people like All to right. say. Right. It's like only champagne is from the champagne region of France. Otherwise, it's sparkling wine, Chris. Oh, okay. Very, Same very good. damn thing. It's just bubbly. Yes, exactly. Um, but what I, I was going to say, so what I loved about this is you think about the stereotypical old guy running a still. I met him. I met this old timer who was missing a few teeth, and he's sitting there at this old still. What he does is he has to pour some off. Do you know how a still works, first of all? Yes. Well, just explain it anyway. Okay, so you have, I believe it's in beer, I think it's called wort, but you basically have this mix of your corn. Mash. Mash, yeah. Maybe it is wort in distillery and mash in beer or vice versa. But anyways, you boil off. Once it it ferments, you're creating alcohol in there, but you're still mixed or left with He's sort of You're like, doing a really bad job at this. Know, Do you I want am. to start over? No. Okay. Well, you Can, did a terrible job with aliens. Yeah, well, that was... You've had a lot of time to think about your still. No, I haven't. No, no definitely not. Because I was drunk when I was looking at it. <laughs> Anyways, you have like a slightly alcoholic mixed with water substance. So how do you separate the alcohol from the water? Well, alcohol boils quicker than water yep. at a lower point. So yep. you're basically boiling off this mash. And that little drip, and drip, 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 yep. drip, And that's the alcohol. Okay. But this old timer, he goes, well, you got to taste it every couple drips to make sure it's good. You got to check the product. And so he's sitting there on this wooden stool in this wooden barn, like missing a bunch of teeth. And he just takes it, keeps sipping a little bit off, keeps switching the bottles out. And I go, so how long have you worked here? Like, are you a friend of the family? He goes, nope. I've been running still my whole life in my backyard, and so I figured I'd just come here and do it. <laughs> and he was great. He was amazing. You know, we should do a Prohibition era uh, episode yeah, talking about the cars did, like, and the running. Like the runners. And, yeah. Yeah, that would should, be really fun. We should talk about that. Be, that would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I, there wasn't a whole lot of highlights with the trip, but I will say one of the prettiest areas that I hadn't explored before is the area where Georgia, Tennessee, and Alabama meet. Yeah, it's fantastic. So it's very hilly. It's very cool. And Is that we, the Blue Ridge Mountains area? I believe so. Yeah. Because there are mountains, and I was at this restaurant place that was, like, overlooking this bluff, and he goes, yeah, what's cool is you can see three states right here. You're in Georgia right now. That's Tennessee. That's Alabama. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. And the roads were super cool and technical and twisty. So someone should have a rally out there. Someone should. Yeah, they really, really we should. We should maybe talk to someone who does a rally <laughs> and work on that. <laughs> so that was super fun. We stayed in a treehouse. Oh, we Airbnb 
This guy. I always wonder about that. Is it like, at what point does it grow out and the house falls off? It wasn't really a tree house. He built these cabins on stilts in a forest. Okay. Okay. So, so it's, it's like not a tree house. Tree house in quotes. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's still cool. You know what we should do? What's that? We should take a break right now and talk about Petrobox. Petrobox. I like it. Petrobox is a monthly service made specifically for the automotive enthusiast. Each month, they carefully select items, including tools, detailing supplies, apparel, garage gear, stickers, and publications to be sent right to your doorstep. It's a curated selection of the latest and greatest gear in the industry. And there's actually two different levels of subscription to choose from. The Petrobox Basic costs less than 20 bucks a month, while the Petrobox Premium gets you even more gear for $39.95 a month. Check them out at mypetrobox.com and be sure to use the code OVERCREST at checkout to get $6 off your first month. I also don't have in here that you can choose whether you're a JDM guy or you're a European car guy or American muscle enthusiast, and they will actually cater what they send to you based on your interests. It's really cool. Like the latest shirt we got was a Porsche Petrobox shirt. Yep, it was very good. I really like a lot of their stuff. Check them out. All right, let's uh, let's go drive the grandpa car. What do you say? Let's go right now. Let's do it. it. Okay. All right, we'll be right back. Well, yeah, it's it's an old grandpa car. It is certainly all of that in its current in its current status, current state. It's it's cool because it's it's 1972. You know what I mean? It's a vintage Mercedes. Right. That's cool in its own right. One of the things that I think is cool about that car is you can directly compare. My Pinto was that, that a car. 72? It's a 73. My Pinto was a Ooh, 73. even newer. <laughs> you, did you drive the Pinto? I think you did. Yeah. Yep. Now, that, if you compare those two cars, well, compare the complexity, for example, just one thing. No, you're right, thing. but the Pinto still had working suspension. Yeah, because I replaced it all. I know. Yeah, that's happening tonight, all that suspension. Oh, really? Yes. Every, every, every single bushing, every shock, every rubber, everything in that car is completely toast and needs to be replaced. Are you doing like even the A arm bushings on everything, the inners? And- everything. It has a subframe, which is super uncommon. It's got double wishbone front suspension. Yeah. Which is incredible for right. 19. 19- That's race car stuff. Race car stuff. Uh, trailing arm suspension in the rear, independent rear suspension, semi independent rear suspension. Sure. Okay. And it's got, uh, it's just fantastic. When you compare it to the Pinto, which has a, a carburetor off of a lawnmower, <laughs> it was, yeah, single this barrel, thing, teeny. Single, well, it's, uh, yeah, single barrel with like a secondary weird. I mean, it was just... So it, it is a two-barrel. It's a two-barrel car, but it's very... It's tiny. It doesn't have any technology yeah. in it. It doesn't Where, have a choke built in. It doesn't... None of this that stuff. Was, that was a four-cylinder, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, two... How, two, how much power did that make? 90 horsepower. Okay. 88 and, horsepower, maybe. Oh! No. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like 88 horsepower or something like that. And so this is a 1972 Mercedes 250. It's a 2.5 liter. And I asked you, like, was there different chassis that they made during that time? Like... Or was not? I mean, not different. Ch- I mean, yeah, you know, they like, made I this think car. Like, oh, the, the S class versus yeah, they, the whatever. This would be like a C class, okay. and then they made the S class, which was just bigger. But they didn't really call it an S class. That didn't really exist back then. But it would have been bigger. It would have had a V eight in it, you know, okay. stuff like that. It would have had the big body car, and then there's mine, which is the W one fourteen or W one fifteen. One fifteen is the four cylinders, and oh. and the diesels, okay. which. Now, you want something slow. Oh, I'm sure. This thing, I was impressed. The six-cylinder, so 250, 2.5 liter, I assume. 2.5 liter, almost. Uh, it's funny. They always round almost? up. Oh, yeah. They exactly. always round up. It's like yeah. 24.98 or something yeah. like that. They always round up. And it has the two uh, Zenith two barrels. Yeah, it's a 40.35 Zenith two barrels. And they're interesting. They have a lot of technology in them. Apparently, if you have them running right, you'll get around 20 miles per gallon. 
Okay. Which is really good, especially for yeah, 1960s, 1970s. Well, what I was really going to say is it didn't seem to lack power. Like, it drives like a modern car as far as acceleration. Yeah, when it's it, very smooth. It's shifting right. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It, yeah, it's, there's no kickdown switch. <laughs> I know. Because it's disconnected because I'm doing a manual swap on it. Right. I'm excited for that. That'll I think be that'll fun. transform the car. I think it will too. I'll be able to, you know, clutch kick it around. Plus, doing the suspension will be a big deal too. Because like, do they everything... make a, a limited slip for this? Because you you forced it into a little one wheel peel a couple times. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You can definitely do that. I doubt it. And if there was, that'd be I, great for gravel. I'm trying to keep the cost down. It's, I get it. It's, I'm, I'm really trying. That's why I buy things like handheld CB lights. And <laughs> well, yeah, really necessary items. Yeah, you got to exactly. keep, it, yes. gotta keep the necessary stuff. But back to my point, when you look at what this thing had in, in comparison to the Pinto, yeah. which is plastic dash, yeah. this is like soft touch dash. Yeah. It's quiet. There's sound ending everywhere. It's the rack It's the rack and pinion steering. It's the double wishbone suspension, four wheel disc brakes. What is that material auto. called? The the interior MB Tex MB Tex so it's, it's got the original it's like a vinyl seats. but not vinyl because it it lasts forever it is the cockroaches of interiors <laughs> it does not die it's supple it's soft it's it, in great it condition nice. all MB Tex lasts it has forever to be like terrible for the environment or something oh like, I'm sure you the, know the springs are toast the horsehair which is what's the padding on yeah. it is is destroyed I did pick up a couple of Recaros for it. I'm excited for that. So we'll too. see. I think they're coming from Australia. So we'll see. It was like five hundred dollars. Now for shipping, but. you're going through the suspension. Are you gonna Are you gonna lower it while you're in there? Absolutely. And the way that you do that is cutting Cut the, the springs because it's not a McPherson strut. So it's not a coil right. over strut. You have a separate uh, coil spring, and then the dampener is outside of that. Right. That's why everybody does air ride because oh, it's, so it's so easy. You pull the spring out and slap a bag in there. Boom. And around, and down the road you go. And it's it's kind of tempting. To think about doing air ride in that car. What you could do even is for even, a performance application. Right. You could even do like a a static quote air ride. Right. Where, where just, you just like it's just for adjustability. You know right. what I mean? You're not laying frame every time you park. Wouldn't need to. Yeah. yeah you, you just, just have it. like the nozzle where you can pump it up with your air compressor up or down. Yeah. It, the only thing I worry about is the and there C10, must the C ten had that, by the way. What? The C ten of mine and my yeah. dad's. It it had a it was the camper edition. Okay. So you're supposed to have a ton of weight in the back of the bed. Oh, it had the shocks so with the had, little valve on them. Yep. And yep. so it comes through the rear bumper, and you literally just have an air compressor with a little Schrader valve there, yep. and the whole rear would lift and up. And you can pump it up. Yeah, yeah, I used to put those on a Volkswagen Caddy. You could get them off of a Corvette. Oh, like really? Like an old Corvette oh, shock. Oh, yeah, air jackers. Didn't yep. they call them that? Yep, and yep. you could put them on the, on the back of the truck, and they were really short. Okay. Really short struts, so if you're flipping the axle and lowering it, it would it really would give you a like, it would, no, it wouldn't necessarily slam it, but it's a, a strut that's designed oh, for to operate the lower, in the yeah, well, not travel. designed for, but it worked for the application of in the less lower, travel, yeah, less travel. So yeah, I'm going to cut the springs. I'm going to start with two coils. I was going to ask you how how we low are we going? You know what I've done as low so as I need to. They here's what I did for the C10 too because it's also not McPherson. It has the uh, the coil spring in front outside of the dampener yep. and so i also cut the coils but to get a little adjustability for like jeeps and a lot of like off-road stuff they make these spring perches for yep. big springs you know what i'm talking about yep, they, this has that too so if you go too low you can always add a perch back in right yeah. mine and the c10 are threaded so oh, I can, really yeah you can i mean you still have to jack it up and, and twist it yep. but that'll get you so then you can cut even more off and then just raise them spin them up yeah you could also probably have something made to to go in there that would thread or up you and could down just by yeah actual they, they don't there isn't anything they don't make anything for this they make uh, hr makes a spring but it lowers it like an inch yeah and that's not acceptable no. 
It's got at it, that point. I think you go for air ride and then just use it. The, as My problem with air ride is how do you make it reliable enough to do what I do to it? That's the problem. That it's not going to fail and leave me stranded in a situation where I have some custom air ride stuff. It's you're just adding another system. Yes. To the car. Is all you're doing. You're adding another system. So you have, yeah, if you puncture a bag, you're toast. I'm done. I'd have to bring an extra bag for the front, and I'd have to bring and, an extra bag for the rear because they're probably guaranteed to be different. Jack yeah, Jack. Well, that's no big deal. You can fit like 25 yeah, hookers uh, in the trunk. That is true. You, that's not a big deal. <laughs> but you're right. That's not like a, a very reliable It doesn't system. sound I mean, obviously, semi-trucks run air ride. They're true. All, they're all airlines, air suspension. True. So there's got to be a way to make it reliable. I just, I've never seen rally cars, race cars, anything use it. And right. there must be a there's, reason. Yeah, there's a good Because reason you're driving off-road with gravel flying all over the place. It just yep. doesn't seem like that's, it just doesn't seem like the way to go. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, if you can get the height dialed in with coil springs, you'd be sad. The problem is your spring rates. Yeah, it's a linear spring. Okay. So it's not a progressive spring. And a progressive so you should spring be able becomes, to do the math. Well, if you knew what the spring rate was given oh. over time with the spring with deterioration, deterioration <laughs> um, I, I may have to buy another set of springs that are brand new. If these don't work, if I cut them and it's boingy, yeah, I may have to it do might something. Be we'll we'll see how it is. Right now, it's, well, right now it's not good. So. It's impossible to say because the shocks are blown. Yes. they don't exist. So it'll either way, it's going to be better than what we just drove. Guaranteed. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a bad car though. I. It's 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 a geriatric grandpa mobile, but I like it. For now, it. but we'll transform it. I a manual with the seats and lowered on the wheels. You got. I know the wheels are going to be great. I have a set of tires coming from Nokia, and I'm really really what, excited. What are those for that. wheels called? I forget what they're called, but they have uh, Kevlar in the sidewalls. No, no, not the tires. The wheels. Oh, the wheels are. They're called Pentas. So they would have uh, like an AMG Penta. Yes. So you have pre-merger and post-merger. You know, AMG used to be its own company right. back in the day, and then they merged together with Mercedes. Okay. And so these are pre-merger Pentas. Okay. So they're 16 by 8. Gotcha. So that's a lot of tire for 150 horsepower. but Yes, it is. No, your tire is a uh, Nokian Outpost ATP, which you're right, does have Kevlar in the sidewall. Yeah. That's what I have on the Kion is the AT version of that, not okay. the ATP. Okay. The ATP is less all-terrain off-road. Yep. Which will be great for this as a rally vehicle. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an all-season tire. You know, it's like a kind of jack-of-all-trades tire. You know, they always say, you know, any tire that's good at everything is good at nothing. But I'm hoping that these are going to be a great tire. I think it's going to be great for what we're doing. For what we're doing and what I do, yes. Because I don't ever put summer tires on anything anyway. Because I end up in elevation in the snow or in yeah. ice. And if you have these summer tires, you're screwed, as I've learned many, many times. <laughs> yes. Getting stuck in a blizzard. <laughs> All right. Before we go, what have you got for us? Yeah, let's take a minute to talk about our sponsor, I have a, Oberk I have a, Car Care. I have a voicemail to play after this, too. Okay. Well, Oberk Car Care, they are your source for detailing compounds, polishes. And what's great about them is... Have you ever wanted to polish your DTR vehicle but didn't really know where to start? I'm really tempted to polish this Mercedes. It's single-stage paint, right? It is. I'm very tempted to do it. Because it's oxidized, and luckily it's white, so you can't necessarily tell. Yeah. But it is not shiny. It's very flat. Yes. I think that would polish out really well. And you have some Oberk polish. I we do. should give it a shot. So it's great because it kind of bridges the gap between enthusiast and professional-grade products and removes the guesswork from polishing or detailing your vehicle. And right now, they're offering a 
whopping 20% off your order at oberkcarcare.com when you use the code OVERCREST. Go check them out. They're awesome. In addition to all their polishes, they have wheel cleaner, they have uh, detailing, quick spray, a ceramic spray, all sorts of stuff, everything you're going to need. All right, I've got a voicemail, which is if you have, if you're a Drivers Club member, you have access to our voicemail. That's you get, right. You get the phone number, we'll give it to you, and you can call us and leave us a voicemail. I've got one right here. Let's give it a play. Nice. Hey, this is uh, Chad calling on the uh, Patreon uh, hotline. I just wanted to leave a message for the Iron Cowboy. That's me. I love the show, <laughs> and I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, – uh, just keep just keep the keep the good stuff coming through. I really like uh, really like the last podcast with uh, the Abernathy brothers and stuff like that. It's great. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy that that puts those together for you. The guy that does the license plates. <laughs> oh, he's referring to me. Matching, yeah, uh, your license car plate deal. Guy. Come on, but, Chad. Uh, you know always me. remember the Iron Cowboy. Not sure about the other guy, but <laughs> love the show. So that was from a long time. That ago. was from a long time. Ago. Because I'm trying to remember where we talked about the Iron Cowboy. That was and, like. That was after the rally, yeah. Here's the, here, oh, we have one more here. Hey, big fan of the show. Love the Iron Cowboy. Good night. Nice. Yeah, this was a little while ago. So if you'd like our voicemail, if you want to, obviously we'd love to, you know, chat about some topics, anything you guys have on your mind, and we can then talk about them on the show if you are a Drivers Club member. And to sign up for the Drivers Club, you can go to overcrestproductions.com slash Drivers Club. Yeah, it's right there on the website. All right, guys, that's all we have for this week. We will see you on Monday. Take care.